Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Misra, and we hear the calling of Levi, who is St. Matthew. And um, what I'd like to talk about this morning is dining with our Lord and how we get to that point. It says in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 27 and 28, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. I want to talk about the state that St. Matthew was in when he was called. Because it's important to you know, understand that while St. Matthew was called, he was in a sinful state. He was a tax collector, and you know, it was known that the tax collectors, they, they cheated the people. So he was, in a, he was not in the best state. And sometimes we are all in different stages and states in our lives when it comes to sin. But Christ is still calling all of us. So I highlighted some reasons why people may not return when Christ calls us. He's telling all of us, follow me. And what I love about this story is that, you know, when, when St. Matthew is called, he just said, Christ just said, follow me. He didn't say anything else. And he rose up and he followed him. So some reasons why people may not return. Some people live a sinful life and they enjoy it. And they, they might say, well, if I come to Christ, I have to give this stuff up. So I don't want to give up these things. So they want to continue in their current lifestyle. So Christ says, come and follow me. And we say, no, I don't want to come follow you because I'm happy in this state of sin that I'm in. To those people, Christ says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then there are some people who feel hopeless who understand that they are in a state of sin, but they feel like there's no hope for them to come out of that sin. And this happens very often, you know, and I'm sure we all feel like whenever we go to confession, sometimes we're repeating the same sins over and over again. And we might feel this sense of hopelessness. Christ is saying to the, hope, the people who feel hopeless and that have a hard time struggling with sin, still come to me. Sometimes people may not come to Christ because they have a fear of rejection from the righteous. And this is a big one. People want to come back to Christ, but their issue of coming back to Christ is not Christ, but is the people in the church. They feel like once they enter into those doors, they're going to be judged. And it's not with the words that we say to them directly, but it's maybe the looks that we give them, um, our avoiding them. Or maybe them just not feeling as accepted as a part of the community. And we feel like us in the church here, we are the righteous. But like we just heard in the gospel, our Lord Jesus Christ is calling the sinners to come back to Him. And the righteous have no need of physician, but it's the sinners who have need of a physician. So for us, we are here in the church. Do we have this welcoming personality to the people that are sinners, when they come into the church, 
And if we, let's say we know something about somebody's lifestyle, that they did something that maybe is very public, especially nowadays, everybody posts everything on social media, right? So we see the things that they do and that they don't do. What, what do we do with that knowledge when we see these people in the church? Do we still treat them with love? Because Christ is saying to them, to all of these people that I've listed here on the slide, all these different reasons why people may not return, come to me. So if you feel like you want to continue in your lifestyle, still come to me. If you, want, if you feel hopeless, come to me. If you fear the rejection from the righteous, come to me and I will give you rest. There are some people that want to come back to Christ or Christ says, follow me, but they don't have examples to follow. I'll tell you something that weighs heavy on my heart. There are some times I sit with youth and sometimes, you know, we have youth that go to uh, Christian schools that are non-Orthodox. And the youth, they come back and they tell, you, they tell me, Abuna, my friends in church, uh, sorry, my friends in school, they behave more Christian than my friends at church. And with that logic, they say to themselves, well, something is wrong with orthodoxy because look at the end product. And can you blame them? Can you blame these kids for, for looking at their examples that they see outside that are living more Christian lives than us who are in the orthodox faith, but our behavior sometimes outside is not reflective of that of a Christian. Do you know how many people we lose because of this? I was talking with another father recently, and we were saying that because we, we both, you know, all the fathers, they, they go through catechism of people, they catechize people, teach them about the faith. And during that catechism process, the person is kind of like living in a bubble, right? They, they, because they're learning so much about the church, they're learning it in its purest form. But now when they come into the, to the body of the believers, sometimes they're not seeing examples of what they were taught. And then we, we lose them. Believe it or not, it happens very often. It's not because something's wrong with the faith, but because the people are not seeing examples in front of them of people who are living what we're preaching. So if you're going to live a certain lifestyle for the sake of Christ, know that people are watching and if you're not going to do it for yourself, at least do it for the sake of other people. And by your actions of doing it for the sake of other people, you will then be purified as well. Because you're doing the right thing. And the, the goal is over time is that the heart changes as well. So this point, believe it or not, is really huge. We all need examples to follow. Orthodoxy at its core is a religion of discipleship where we teach people through discipling under one another. People need to see examples. And we need to be that example. Like our Lord Jesus Christ said, we have to be the light of the world. It breaks my heart when we have somebody new coming into the church or somebody who naturally compares the behavior of believers and non-believers and they say to themselves, well, I can't follow this faith because look at the people. Now that logic is flawed, right? Because people are flawed. But 
at, at, if you take it at face value, you see where they're coming from. They're saying to themselves, well, I can't follow this faith because I don't see examples of a way to follow that faith. So we need to be that example. I've, so many times I've, I've heard from people, well, you know, we have, I see great servants on Sunday, great deacons on Sunday, great whatever on Sunday in the church. And then the, throughout the week, they're living very sinful lives. It can't be. It can't be. A servant cannot have two masters. You have to choose one path. And this example that we, that we are, are supposed to be is necessary. But even those people who don't see examples, our Lord Jesus Christ is saying what? Come to me and you will find rest. Another reason why some people might not come and return to our Lord Jesus Christ is they feel like they're not ready. They feel like they need to do something before that they are ready. If you look at this example of our Lord Jesus Christ and St. Matthew, he said, follow me. Matthew didn't do anything. He just did it right away. He didn't think about anything. He just followed him. How many times does the father of the church reach out to you or the servant of the church reach out to you and say, come, participate, come, confess. And we say, I'm not ready. What's it going to take for you to be ready? Nothing is going to make you ready. Sometimes you just got to put yourself in that position. And even if like, you feel like you're not ready for confession, have the conversation with the Father. The Father will be able to guide the conversation through the work of the Holy Spirit so that what? That conversation will become enlightening for you through the work and the grace of the Holy Spirit. So when we say that we're not ready, there's not going to be an indicator or a light that tells us, oh, now you're ready, go, come follow me. So if we feel like we're not ready, Christ is still saying to us what? Come, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So in each one of these situations, people who want to continue their current lifestyle, if you feel hopeless, if you fear rejection from these righteous people that we, can, that we think we are in the church, if you don't feel like an, you see an example, our Lord Jesus Christ says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. If we don't have an example, we have, in, sorry, if we don't have an example in people, we have an example in our Lord Jesus Christ himself. If we feel like we're not ready, our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, come to me. So he's calling all of us. What I love about this calling of St. Matthew is St. Matthew's response. St. Matthew, what was his response? Then it says, Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. There was a great feast. What is the significance of this feast? And we see our Lord do this with other, in other, with other situations and other sinners who were called. Usually when you hang out with somebody, what do you do? What do you guys do when you hang out? Talk and do what? But you know, it's like, I remember when me and my friends were younger, we always used to say, man, if we were uh, sinners, we would have a lot more things to do. We used to get bored a lot. So we should just eat, you know? That's, that's pretty much what uh, <laughs> that we do as uh, when we're youth and we hang out, we tend to eat a lot. But there's a significance to eating together. What's the significance in eating together? Especially when you dine at somebody's house. 
Like, I mean, what's the difference between dining in somebody's house and then dining at a restaurant? When you go to a restaurant, what happens? Every, you get a menu and everybody gets to choose the different things that they want, right? So let's say somebody wants a piece of fish, when somebody wants a piece of meat, you can pick whatever else you want, right? But when you go to somebody's house, what tends to happen? You don't have a menu. You're going to eat what's in front of you and that's it. And, and what happens is there's usually like a family style meal, right? Where there's food laid out on the table. And there's this kind of oneness in the meal where you're all eating of the same food. And that act itself unifies. So this, when Levi or St. Matthew when he started to follow Christ, his immediate reaction was, well, I want to have a great feast. Another example is if you look at the parable of the prodigal son, what happened when the son returned? There was a great feast. He killed the fatted calf. There's a feast. When we come back, this is our feast. This is our feast that we get to dine with him. And, it's, and in a similar sense, when somebody comes to your house and you dine with them, you're sharing and partaking of that same food. So you become, of, like it, you become one with that person because you're eating of the same meal. Dining with our Lord, He wants to dine with us no matter what state we were in. Even in all of those states that I listed before, He says, come to me. And if we come faithfully, he will then dine with us. Dining, like if you ever think about it, nobody likes to eat by themselves. It's a hard thing to eat by themselves. Like I remember I used to travel a lot for work and when I was be by myself, it was hard like to go sit in a restaurant by yourself and order a meal. I used to end up like FaceTiming my wife or whatever and just have some company when I was, uh, when I was, when I was eating because it's, it's boring. So there's a social element to it that we need. And our, our Lord willingly and lovingly enters into his house. And he doesn't need this great magnificent confession. Just simply following him was enough for our Lord to enter and to dine with him. What we need is faithfulness. We, need, we should all come faithfully. In the first epistle of St. John, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, St. John says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, all from, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we come, our Lord Jesus Christ is calling you and I today, and He's saying whatever state that you are in, if you feel hopeless, if you fear of rejection, if you feel like, I don't want to quit this sin. If you feel like, I, I, I don't have an example. Well, all the things that I listed out before, he's saying, come to me. Come to me. And all we have to do is just say yes. And then he will come. Look what St. Ambrose of Milan says. How the food with our Lord Jesus Christ is the finest food. St. Ambrose says, he also prepared a great feast because he who receives Christ in the house Inside him eats the finest foods, plentiful pleasures. So the Lord enters willingly and reclines in the character of one who has believed. So when we believe, when we come, and when we say yes, no matter what state we are in, 
And I know all of us, we feel a sense of guilt at, to some degree. What I want to tell you is whatever guilt that you feel, Christ is still telling us what? Come to me and I will give you of this finest food. And the finest food that he can offer us is his body and his blood to unite with him. Christ, he found rest in Matthew. Does he find rest in us? Do others find rest in us? Ask yourself that question. Am I somebody that brings rest to one another, to, to another person? Or am I somebody that brings anguish and heartache to other people? Does Christ have a place in me so that he can come and dwell in my home and dine with me? In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verse 23, our Lord says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is the desire of our Lord Jesus Christ. So on this calling today of Levi that we hear, this is what our Lord Jesus Christ wants, so that he can come to us and make his home in us, and dine with us, and be one with us, and he doesn't care what state we are in. He just, in all of the states, he says, come to me. So let's summarize what we said. St. Matthew, he was called in a sinful state. And sometimes we resist the calling for several reasons. Sometimes I want to continue in my current path. I feel cold. I feel like, well, you know what? I don't want to change my life. I don't want to stop this sin. I'm enjoying it. Christ is saying, come to me. When I feel hopeless, and I feel like I eat, I'm trying, Lord, to stop this sin, but I feel hopeless, Christ is saying, come to me. If I fear rejection from those in the church, from the righteous, Christ is saying, come to me. If I don't see examples in front of me, and I want to come back to Christ, Christ says, come to me, follow me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. If I feel like I'm not ready, I don't know how to confess. I don't know how to come back. Christ is saying, come to me. In each scenario, Christ says, come to me. And then when we come to him, he then wants to do what? He wants to dine with us. And dining is him finding rest in us, we who are sinners. So no matter what state you're in, he wants us all to come to him so that he can come and dwell in us and dine with us and unite with us. And glory be to our God forever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.